Welcome to Lawyer Business Advantage, your source for biz dev tips, wisdom, and inspiration. I'm your host, Alej Yajnik. We're unleashing your inner rainmaker in three, two, one. And it's my pleasure to welcome to the show Elizabeth Green Lindsay. Elizabeth is a shareholder with Davis, Matthews, and Quigley in Atlanta and is also the president-elect of the AAML, which is the American Academy of Matrimonial Lawyers. Elizabeth, how are you this morning? I'm doing great, thank you. Thank you. How about well, you? <laughs> I'm doing really well also. See, I was already answering your question. <laughs> Thanks for being on the show today. Really appreciate you taking the time and joining us. Well, thank you. I'm happy to be here. So tell us a little bit, if you will, about um, Davis, Matthews, and Quigley, what they do, and then what you do for them. Sure. Um, Davis, Matthews, and Quigley is a small law firm in Atlanta, Georgia, where we focus on families that um, with wealth. And we can manage and handle almost any controversy for a family, except for bankruptcy and criminal lawyer. We do tax, trust, and estate work, commercial uh, real estate, re um, some residential real estate, dispute with neighbors. And a large segment of what I do is solely in the area of family law. So just if you could tell us a little bit about your career trajectory, um, how you got started in family law, what you love about it, and then how you kind of grew your career to become a shareholder at this firm. Um, yeah, let me start kind of at the beginning. You know, people wonder why you go to law school, and I, I don't have a great story for that. Um, I was coming out of college with, you know, obviously a pretty good student, and I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, so I decided to go to law school. And in law school, I um, engaged in a class called um, clinic, civil clinic, and in that I represented a, a client in a matter involving um, usury. And as a law student, um, I got in, we sued the, the company, the finance company, and we won, and we got attorney's fees. And in that particular case, um, whatever doubts I had about being a lawyer, I was on fire. It was just great to represent somebody who really needed help and had been taken advantage of. From that experience, I knew that I needed to do something fast-paced and people-oriented. So the options probably were criminal law or family law at that time, and I chose the path of family law. Started my career in Charlotte, North Carolina, in a small firm, and practiced family law. And from that moment on, I've loved it. And so I've been fortunate that I have had great mentors and great experiences learning about family law uh, over the course of the years. And family law has really emerged. When I started practicing law years ago, there was pretty relatively simple. People usually had a house and maybe a retirement. But as things have moved on, people have much more varied interests. We have businesses that need to be valued. We have commercial real estate, partnerships, trusts, estates, executive benefits, all types of very complicated issues. Um, plus you tie into it all the personality issues that come along with the divorce and the reasons for the divorce and the custody issues and dealing with people's personality and their children. It's just a, a great way to be, uh, to, to, Every day is different, so it's a great way to have a lot of interest every day in what you do that's never the same day, and you're helping people in one of the worst times of their lives. And uh, 
I think that a lawyer and family law in particular is as you help a leader to help navigate your client through all the various issues that come up and um, it's very difficult it can be very difficult but it's also very rewarding so that's kind of how I've evolved to this point um, I moved to from Charlotte to Atlanta and when I got married, I've been married and I've been in Atlanta now for almost 32 years. Oh, cool. And uh, I've been with the same firm the whole time. Wow. Wow. That's great. So when you moved from Charlotte to Atlanta, did you join Dav- uh, Davis, Matthews and Quigley as uh, a shareholder uh, right when you moved over? No, I was an associate when I moved here. I'd been practicing law for about four years and uh, I became a shareholder probably about three years later. And um, that was a result of, you know, one of the things any shareholder has to do is start to build their career, build their client base, um, you know, have a book of business. And those were the things that I was able to develop. That's really, that's really interesting because you were in Charlotte, you moved to Atlanta, which is in many respects, a brand new area for you. Um, and here you are having to build your book of business so you can take the next step to become shareholder. And what were the things that you did that were successful that really enabled you to build that book of business pretty quickly? I mean, three years is not a very long time. Yeah, you know, I was uh, very fortunate. Uh, timing is always an issue, but also uh, having had a very good foundation from Charlotte, um, where I early on in my practice was given a lot of incentive to develop, to develop business in terms of how my compensation structure was. And with that, not only to develop business and good clients, but also collect fees, right? Which is right. <laughs> you can work all day, but if you don't collect the money, you don't get it. Um, and so when I came to Atlanta, I had had a lot of courtroom experience and I was able pretty much to hit the ground running and representing um, in my firm and having the opportunity to help represent people and lawyers in law firms and, um, and happy clients, you know, you can build a book of business and family law fairly quickly. If you're, you know, put in the hard work and you get um, good results for your client and that's, you know, you focus on that. So one is obviously great client service and, and always constantly learning and improving your skills um, your information knowledge base in terms of what assets and liability and corporations and issues would be in the, the um, in a divorce case, as well as your trial skills and your people skills. Um, so I was so tying the, all that into my um, development of uh, practice. I also was able to speak, um, was given opportunities to to speak. Um, at seminars for family law lawyers, which I think is important for credibility marketing, so to speak, and to also become engaged in my community. I think one of the things that lawyers really need to focus in on for both personal development as well as it's a good business development tool is to be engaged in your community and to get involved in um, outside things that you're passionate about. and. You know, for me, I, I was very involved in my children's schools, my children's sports, and my church. Those were things that, at that point in time, that I was um, spending a lot of time up out. But what is important, whenever you do, outside of your law practice, uh, you need to to do it well, keep your commitments. You know, be be a resource, even if it doesn't lead to business immediately, 
and to, you know, show up. Uh, the worst thing you can do is not be actively engaged in something you sign up to do. Family law is interesting um, compared to other areas of law from a business development perspective. And I'd love to get your comments and thoughts on, on this, Elizabeth. I've been told by many family law attorneys that uh, it's actually hard to get client referrals because it's a very hard time in their lives. And no matter what the outcome is, they oftentimes just want to put it behind them and move on. And so they're not necessarily going to send you lots of referrals. Plus it's a pretty private situation for other people to be going through. I just wanted to get your thoughts on, on the ability of a family law attorney to get referrals from former or current clients. Well, I, obviously you're, you need to have satisfied clients, right? <laughs> but, you know, I've actually found my, my clients to be one of my best referral sources. Um, or the attorneys that referred the client because the client was satisfied, they will go back to the referring attorney. And so that creates even more clients. Um, I think one of the problems in family law, it is a, that it is emotional and it is a bad time. But one of the key elements to client relationships is communication. And the client needs to feel that you're on the same team. You know, you need to be very honest with your client about what's going on in their case and build their trust that you're going to advocate for them, but also be very realistic with them. Um, Clients are happy if they get a really good result and they don't have to, you know, they have a good fee that they understand. Um, And some cases are, you know, the, the, because you can't control the other side or the other lawyer, they get out of hand. And sometimes they need to get, um, sometimes there are issues that are very complicated that are very expensive. Uh, but you really got to work on client satisfaction and um, working with your client, communicating with them, making sure they understand the process. I think one of the biggest issues is clients don't understand the process mm-hmm. and they get frustrated. Yeah. And um, it takes a lot of communication. It certainly does. And um, I'm glad you brought up that point uh, because people on this, you know, who are listening to this absolutely need to hear it. And so if I could just recap back a little bit, when you were building your book of business, you focused on getting great results for clients, obviously doing great work and also delivering a terrific client experience. That not only brought more clients to you from those referrals, but it also uh, left a positive impression with other attorneys. And so you began getting more referrals from addition, you know, from other attorneys, even though you were new to Atlanta. And then you really dove into your community by finding organizations that you could be a part of that you really, really cared about. And then you committed yourself and, and really got involved in those organizations. Um, so let's shift gears a little bit and tell me a little bit about the American Academy of Matrimonial Lawyers. Um, but yes. Um, as you know, I'm, I'm president elect of the American Academy of Matrimonial Lawyers. So um, a little bit prejudiced, right? About my <laughs> congratulations, by the way. Well, thank you. Um, My sincere belief that this is a a fabulous organization, and I would encourage any family law lawyer to make it their aspiration to be a member of this organization. Um, The the, the AAML is committed to excellence in family law and in professionalism, and it's stringent. It's very hard to get into. There are state and national tests in most jurisdictions. as well as you have to be peer-reviewed and um, reviewed by your judges. You have to practice law in the area of family law for over 10 years, and 75% or more of your practice needs to be in family law. 
And so the commitment is to provide thought leadership and um, CLEs um, and promote best interests and policy best practices for area, all areas of family law. And we have about 1,600 fellows across the country. And it's a great network of people to know whom you can refer cases to in other places, as well as um, the organization has two annual meetings and it's great for relationships and building up um, friendships. The exchange of ideas is phenomenal and hearing how each state does things is um, great for creating new ideas in whatever jurisdiction you go back to is also good for referrals. Um, and it expands and it, and it makes, um, it's nice to have a little bit of policy as opposed to just pure practice because you feel like you're making a difference on a higher level by your participation in AAML. Hmm. It seems like a really vibrant organization and the other attorneys I know in California that are members of it sing its praises as well. Uh, not just, as a relationship building organization, but as you mentioned, an advocacy organization and an organization of thought leadership. This is, there's probably a very long answer to this question, Elizabeth, so please answer it in all facets that you would like to. How has the AAML over the years helped your business development? Well, so first of all, you know, it was a goal of mine from the very beginning. Uh, my first mentor in Charlotte was a member of AAML. And when I came to Atlanta, my shareholders, other that my boss, my shareholders were also members. And so I grew up in a culture where the feather in your cap, your goal was to be in AAML and to qualify for membership. And um, so that was a huge step in terms of building my career inside my firm as well as um, in the state and now nationally. Um, so th that was the beginning of it. And then, of course, you only get out of an organization what you put into it. Mm -hmm. um, and I've been fortunate to be very involved in the leadership from an early point of view. And so it's developed, you know, one of the things about any referral source, obviously, is you have to trust and know the people that you're referring cases to. And due to a lot of in intensive committee work, um, I've gotten to know people all over the country. Um, I've had uh, great friendships from all over the country, because, and, and there's times for travel as well. And so that builds credibility. There's a huge knowledge base that the AML has. Um, and so it, it, it increases the game in terms of what you bring back to your state on terms of excellence in family law and best practices. It provides um, referrals, sources, and, and exchanges. Um, I always think it's good, whether it's business or not, to be seen as a resource for people. And it provides an extra level of that um, ability to be a resource for other people. I tell people all the time, you need a lawyer almost anywhere in the world. I either know somebody in family law or know the person who knows the person. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, you know, always happy to be a resource in any way I can. And so this commitment to excellence and professionalism, um, I think has been a, a huge benefit to me and, um, and like I said, it's enriched my life. It makes me want to practice law longer and, um, and it's fun. So I've really enjoyed it. 
I've noticed, yeah, a lot of the best organizations tend to do that. They tend to not only impact people's professional lives, but also their personal lives as well. They enable people to build genuine relationships. They um, provide a thought leadership platform to their members. And as a result of those things, as a result of the relationships and the thought leadership and the issues and the discussions and the scale, referrals inevitably come out of it. But they're, uh, they're an outcome of doing all of those other things. And one of the things that I think sets the AAML apart from many other organizations is they are, they, have, they, they are very exclusive. A lot of times family law attorneys have to work for many, many years to be admitted as a fellow. So these fellows of the AAML are the best of the best. And uh, there's, there's a lot of fun, a lot of great things happen when, uh, when you get to associate with people like that. And uh, I noticed you also received the AAML Fellow of the Year in 2018, Elizabeth. So congratulations on that. And tell us a little bit more about um, you know, what previous fellows uh, have done to receive that type of honor. So uh, the president of the year chooses the fellow of the year. And that year I um, was delighted to have been chosen, but I, you know, I didn't make the decision. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'll have to talk but, to somebody else. <laughs> yeah. You'll have to talk to Madeline Marzano Lesnovich and that's a mouthful. But um, so, you know, um, what t- typically happens is that it's some, it's, it's a result of, um, hard work over many years. And, uh, that, that year I shared that award with, a one of my very, very good friends, Carrie Mogerman from St. Louis, who, um, follows me as the, he will be the next president after me of the AAML. And we had both been working pretty extensively on the strategic plan that we started. And that was a huge endeavor for the president that year. So usually the fellow of the year, is somebody who has worked really hard to bring about one of the big policy or, um, or goals of the president to fruition. And that was the impact for that. But we've, you know, we've, it all depends on the needs of the organization. Um, and it's just, we've had people in charge of the website who won at last, who was awarded the fellow of the year for all mm-hmm. their hard work on developing the website, those types of things. But it was a it was a great honor, and I was delighted to be included on that list. Awesome! And what I heard there is the amount of contributions you made to the organization, not just that year, but over several years. And so, um, again, congratulations on that honor. Uh, and turning the page a little bit, um, you're also involved in Atlanta's political scene. So, um, would love to hear a little bit more about that too. Yeah, uh, Alay, when you and I first talked, uh, I was telling you that at some at a point in the past, my husband had been in Georgia politics and had been the House Majority Whip. And that platform for our family and for our firm was uh, was a, a great way to be, in, uh, be involved in the community and to be involved in policymaking decisions. Now, I'm not the legislator. My husband was. So most of my uh, benefit to me was indirect, um, but it also um, allowed me, and based on relationships that were formed, to serve um, on many occasions in family law legislation um, as an advisor to some of the legislators on family law topics that were very hot in our General Assembly. Um, 
One example is that the AAML Fellows of Georgia became intimately involved with writing the child support bill that was being batted about. And they came up with a great bill. And um, I did not participate in the writing of the bill, but I was asked by the legislatures, legislators, the female legislators, prior to the vote to come down and talk to them about it and, and what would work and what wouldn't work about the bill. And um, I was very heartened that as a result of their work, the legislators work, and um, they adopted the bill with the changes that I suggested to the female legislators. So that was um, very positive. Um, but the real hard work went to the Georgia fellows who wrote the bill. Um, they did a yeoman's job, and they, those were Tina Roddenberry, Sandy Bear, and Carol Walker. But I've talked, you know, but there, Georgia is unique in a lot of ways that we don't have a lot of statutory basis for um, equitable division or a prenuptial agreement. And so as we are developing the law, we've had some chances to give some good input on what legislators would consider in a custody bill. We ended up um, through the state bar family law section, they um, the legislature came up with a phenomenally really good custody bill based on the children's best interest. And, you know, from time to time, we've been called upon and still are called upon to, to give opinions um, that are best practices for family law issues as the legislature considers them. Wow, that is a terrific way to not only provide uh, service to the legislature and and the government, but also to unify that with thought leadership and family law. Um, and as we're talking here, Elizabeth, uh, one thing that's really striking me is how aligned and integrated all of the things are that you do to develop business, whether it's you know being a, a fantastic attorney, uh, being a leader in your field by becoming a fellow of the AML and then being a leader in that organization and now the president-elect, to you know, finding ways to contribute uh, to the political uh, situation in Atlanta by commenting on proposed legislation and bills. All of that plays together, and then it's all supported by the community service that you've done for several years um, through your church and your kids' schools. It all plays together, and it's a wonderfully integrated um, you know, marketing portfolio, mar- marketing portfolio, if you will. Um, so congratulations on doing that. And as a, as a new attorney who's looking to get started with business development, they might look at that and go, wow, that is really intimidating for me to do. And so when, you, when you're advising attorneys in your firm or in the AAML or elsewhere, what advice do you give them if they're looking to get started with business development or if they're looking to take their biz dev game to the next level? Right. So, um, that's a conversation I have with every young attorney. I think every young attorney needs to develop their own book of business. It provides you a lot of options. If um, it makes you valuable to your firm, if you want to stay there, it gives you options to to leave your firm if you're not happy, (laughs) you know, I mean, really. So um, it's important to start business development. And as a, as a first year lawyer, the first thing I would tell people to start immediately in their local bar associations and get involved in um, the family law sections of their local bars. If they're young lawyers, get involved in the young lawyer section. Um, I encourage and support my young lawyers to um, 
to go to those types of meetings and to, to aim to be leaders in those. Um, all of that goes to credibility. I work, find a mentor to help you start speaking at some, some seminars. You're not going to necessarily get to speak at the biggest one, <laughs> you know, the big, right. the big national. Not at first. <laughs> but not at first. But, you know, get an opportunity to speak. Um, work on your, if you have a family law newsletter, work on writing an article. Get your name out there. Let the judges know who you are. Let your client, you know, let, get, let other lawyers know who you are. It's, a, um, it's all about getting to know who you are. And then, as I said, you know, you don't have to do everything at once. Start off with something you really like. If you love animals, go work at the, the Humane Society, you know, or volunteer, get on that position. If you love the arts, go to the art center and find out what the young adults are doing and what kind of programs and what do they need. Every little bit that you do, that you do well, will help you, you know. And you've got to raise your kids, so you've got to be a good parent. But people will judge you by how they see you raise your children, too, if you're sitting at the sports games with your kids, you know. Right, um, right. You know, if you're a team, team parent and it's your turn to bring snacks, be sure to bring the snacks. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but seriously, just um, always look at – um, you, you're always looking to form trusted relationships and the business will come. And if your, your skills, you work on your skills. I, um, I actually encourage my, my lawyers, they're lucky, I think to have a, to have our culture where we support them, but there's some, uh, AML training seminars for associates and we send them to the AML seminar. We talk directly about how to market. Um, we also, use that as a marketing event where they can start forming relationships with attorneys all over the country. Um, another thing to do um, that is to take a wingman with you when you go out to one of the bar or other networking events. You know, what I say for that is that it's really hard to toot your own horn. For me, it's hard to toot my own horn. But if somebody is standing next to, to me and says, Elizabeth Lindsay did X, Y, Z, I'm not, don't look like I'm bragging, but somebody's say, telling somebody what a great result she got. And then I can say, well, you know, my partner, Kim, l let me tell you about what great results she just got. And, um, you know, that seems much more natural and it's also a way to do it. And it makes you feel more comfortable. Just uh, be yourself, you know, um, you know, and don't be afraid to say you're, you're, you know, you always welcome business. I never tell anybody I turn down business. <laughs> you know, I might, I might turn down business, but you know, I'm always open to be a helpful person. And, you know, and I tell people, if I can't help, you know, use me as a resource, I'll find the person for you. And sometimes finding that person for the right, right case. That's not you leads to more business. Um, it's like doing what you do well. and it will come. It will come. And it's not just about you know, being laser focused on business development. It's about building these long-term relationships. You mentioned finding the right resource for a potential client, even if it's not a great fit for you. That client, they, you know, they have a real problem. And in family law, it's a serious problem. And so just by connecting them with, you know, with the right attorney, it really helps them out. And that has its own reward also. And that's going to come back. Exactly. Exactly. Helping people in these tough times, you know, any legal problem is emotional. <laughs> Family law is like 10 times that, but yeah. you know, 
it's always these people, people are in crisis. We have been trained and have certain knowledge, you know, stay in your lane. If you're a family lawyer, don't venture into, you know, criminal law unless you're competent, but you know, that's where you find people, you help people find the right answer. And, and, um, you know, most of us really enjoy helping people and getting to know them and being, being someone they can trust, you know, I, 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 as a female, I say this, I don't know how it works for men, but I will tell my clients, you know, I'm your, your last best friend and inside the the confines of my office, I'm going to tell you, you look fat in that dress, you know, but <laughs> um, that says something, you know, you need to be able to have that honesty with your clients, you know, and you've got to tell them what will work and won't, what won't work. And there are all different ways to do that in different situations. So you wouldn't use that example and everything. But the point is, is that, the more realistic you are with your clients, the more you set their expectations, the more they understand the process. Those clients are going to be are ultimately going to understand what's going on and more likely going to be happy. I've got a two part question for you here, Elizabeth. Uh, the first one is, what excites you about the future of the AAML? Well, I think that this COVID ex- experience, um, as horrible as it is for all of us, has really got some silver linings to it that I'm excited about. As I, I anticipate my year coming up, uh, which starts in November, we will be in pandemic mode probably, I think, through most of 2021 um, with the hope that the vaccine will be out there. Uh, but it's going to be hard to have in-person meetings given all the various hotel contracts, travel restrictions, and and those types of things. So I think one of the things that's done is enabled us to, through Zoom and video conferencing, to recognize that we can have some very meaningful meetings and get to know people on, um, on Zoom. And as a platform, I think that internally we can build relationships that might have not been as frequent because we usually were waiting to meet in person twice a year. So I'm hoping that um, those people, that the people, that the fellows through their committee work will be on um, more in touch via Zoom as we welcome the day when we will actually meet in person. Um, I think we've learned a lot about um, putting on webinars. Um, The AML last year was able to convert many of our CLE programs to webinars and um, we intend to continue that. We, and we also offered a fair amount of free webinars to our members and to the public just to address all these various issues of parenting through COVID and um, what's going to happen with business valuations and, and to provide member services to our, you know, at a, a reduced rate. There are many lawyers, as we all know, who are going to be suffering financially because their offices have been closed down and the courts have been closed down. So um, there's a lot of concern about that. But I think there's a a lot of excitement. We're starting next year. I'm having three new committees that I'm very excited about, one on racial and cultural diversity, which we um, are just putting a sharper focus on given our current environment. We're also doing a 21st century law practice and family law. What does that look like? How do you manage staff and train associates remotely? How do you, um, there's been some work on Zoom trials as we're all starting that process, but I think that's going to get more and more refined. And so we're going to focus on that. How to market yourself and when you're not able to meet people in person, how much social media, how much, 
how much zoom conferencing do you do how much telephone calls how to how to keep how to keep your practice thriving and growing and and forming those trusted relationships that will lead ultimately to business at some point so those are three of our our things that we're going to be doing and um i think that that's you know, a pivot, in the pivot environment, it's yeah. <laughs> um, there's a lot going on that's really that can be very positive, and I'm excited about that. So those are those are some really interesting things that you're that you're going after with the AAML. There's nothing good about COVID, but no. good things can come from it, and clearly that's that's an example of that. And I've I hear you. I've spent gosh, we're six months in now, and I've spent probably well, over six hours doing free talks at you know bar associations on how to do business development and marketing in the era of COVID nineteen. So definitely um, a lot of a lot of need in those areas. So the second part of my question was, what excites you about the future of your law firm, Davis Matthews and Quigley? Yeah. So um, you know, to, this is our my firm's fiftieth year. Um, wow. So we are celebrating our 50th anniversary, and it was formed by three young lawyers at the time, 50 years ago, and all of them have been vital and continue, um, although they've, two have t- retired, they are still part of our community, and um, and they started up with three very distinct practice areas, which has kind of propelled us to where we are today, and so um, we're excited that we're, you know, We've got the third generation of leadership heading into the fourth generation. Um, that's exciting. We've got um, practice areas are growing. Our family law section is growing. Our trust and estate is growing. So um, we have a lot that we're looking forward to um, continuing this tradition that this firm set forth. And, um, you know, for me, my family law area, one of the things that my firm has offered that is somewhat unique to family law is that because we are a multi-practice area, we've been able to provide really good service to our clients because of um, the, the diversity of our practice areas. And so when I have a complicated financial case involving corporations and partnerships, trust, tax, and corporate law, or even executive compensation, I have people in my office that um, will help me um, handle those matters and understand all the issues to make sure we've covered them. And a lot of family law cases involving complex issues are almost transactional in nature. So some of the settlement agreements are business transactions almost more than divorce settlements. Right. Yes. And so that's always been um, a great benefit to have and something that we're going to continue and um it's just a great platform um, for us to move forward. So it's exciting to, to be watching this, to raise to the next, like I said, the fourth generation is coming up. And I think that it's just an exciting time. As, and we're, we've learned to pivot through COVID and go remote. And, you know, everybody's got a lot more technology. That's the, the, what do they say that because of COVID, we're all probably 15 years ahead on video conferencing than we would have been, but for COVID. So there's a lot of positive in this very difficult time. Lots of silver linings. And Elizabeth, again, congratulations on being president-elect of the AAML. That's fantastic. And seems like your law firm is doing really well. So that's wonderful news. Thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your time, giving some fantastic advice to our listeners. Really appreciate it. Well, thank you, Leigh. I appreciate you asking me to be here.
And then if Elizabeth, if people want to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to do that? Why don't you email me at my email address, which is elindsay, which is E-L-I-N-D-S-E-Y at D-M-Q-L-A-W.com. That's davismatthewsquigleylaw.com. I'd be happy to respond to, to any emails. Terrific. Thank you, Elizabeth. Really appreciate you being on the show today. Thank you. And that's a wrap. To get more episodes, webinars, and free stuff, visit LawyerBusinessAdvantage.com. My name is Ale Yajnik. Thank you for listening. And remember, there is a rainmaker inside everyone, including you.